0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. As you can see, if you are watching clips on my socials, and I know you're probably not, I put makeup on today just because I feel that you deserved better. And speaking of what you deserve, this is the number one lesbian podcast in the world, I am assuming. I have no facts or figures on that. And so I am ashamed to have got a letter from a listener wrong last week. I got it so wrong. And many of you wrote in to correct me. There was a young woman who was going on holiday with her friend who was bringing her long distance girlfriend on the holiday as well. And she worried about being a third wheel. And I was like, well, when I was in college, I went on holiday with Caitlin who brought a colleague from Youngstown State University. And we had a great gal's time. I wasn't thinking that this long-distance girlfriend was a romantic partner. And that's not because I'm homophobic, all right? It's because we haven't developed a new word for girlfriend in this country, and not so much in Canada. I would say friends in Canada, but when I came here in 2008, all of a sudden your female friends were your girlfriends. And I think we use girlfriends, but then your romantic partner, if you have a female romantic partner, is also girlfriend, No one says, like, lover. Every once in a while, you hear partner. And even then, I'm like, your business partner? Like, regardless of gender. So look, yes, I am sure that now the dilemma was that this girl was bringing a romantic partner. And so to answer that letter correctly then yeah, I get it. You would feel like a third wheel on someone's couple's holiday and you deserve that holiday to be for the two of you because really the the romantic partner has hijacked it. You guys bought the tickets a long time ago. You planned it. So my updated woke LGBTQA lesbo positive response is, yeah, speak to your friend and be like, I'm not comfortable with you having a romantic holiday during our friendship holiday because I'll feel left out. I know it. And so we've, we booked it first. I really feel like I should take priority, but I get it. You know, romantic relationships, they do take priority increasingly as you get older, which is why I have no friends. And then just be like, let's book a new holiday then. But if you can't get refunded, hopefully your friend makes the right choice and is like, you know what? Uh, I'll see my long distance gal pal maybe at the end. Maybe she can extend her holiday and make time for you both. Okay? So sorry, I'm not a homophobe. Once again, congrats to you if you are a lesbian. Today, I have a very special announcement to make, so special that it is being announced officially to the press in an hour and a half. That is how up to the minute my podcast is, and I have to read this now because there's strict legal wording, because you might be about to appear on a TV show. Let's find out. So all of you know by now that I have a beautiful, smart teenager, a toddler that's Big Fred, the boss man, and a seven-month-old at home, Fenna Grace. And you probably also know that I've been finding the adjustment from parenting two children to three really exhausting. So I don't know how you guys are doing it. All I do is tell dick jokes for a living, uh, but I'm 40 and I'm just like worn out. I've mentioned before that we have cameras in the house some days for a TV program, Brrr. Well, it's a program made by expectation who made my Amazon show backstage with Katherine Ryan, and it will go out on W Channel. As well as looking at my own parenting journey here, we are looking for other parents who are thinking outside the box and doing things a bit differently. So not just following all the norms, people following their own gut instinct instead of all the millions of pages of ever-changing advice out there. Maybe you're embracing a low or no tech existence to keep your kids offline what do you do instead? I can't really imagine a world without screens. Or the opposite. Perhaps you are a fully high-tech family, either to keep your children safe or to prepare them for the high-tech future that we seem to all have ahead of us. Are you chasing every opportunity for your children to succeed, whether that be in sport, music, academia, or even in the spotlight? Let's hear from the stage moms. Or are you letting your children lead their own education at home or maybe in the forest? And what about those of you who are making the most of granny daycare? Are you are your extended family helping you to keep all those working parent balls in the air? Maybe you're helping your child grow up free from gender-specific stereotypes by raising your child in a gender-neutral way. However you are doing it, I would love to find parents out there who might get told they are parenting unconventionally, but are probably being pretty damn smart and just not following the crowd. So let me know, how are you doing it? I would love to meet you and maybe talk to your kids too. Maybe you have the perfect child and I can work out your magic formula if you think you've got something to teach me then get in touch. Don't email the podcast you can email straight into the program with your contact details That's parenting at expectationtv.com or text or whatsapp 07376061519. But if you are listening to this past September 2023 do not write in as we won't be able to reply to you and you do need to be over 18 or you could ask your parents to. You'll get more information on a bounce back email or text, and hopefully, I'll get to come and meet you. I hope that you can hear the rain from my podcast studio today. It is, you know, October, but really August in London, and that's fine. I really enjoy the rain. I think it's a beautiful, peaceful kind of background noise. I purposely came out here to record this exactly now. I was like, that is a beautiful sound, and I hope it's bringing you just zen wherever you are. I have been really looking at the family, uh, our family dynamics, how we do things around here, and the guilt, the really deep mom guilt that I feel for having help. We have Miriam, the nanny, who used to work kind of part-time with Fred. If I wasn't working, then I had Fred. But now that we have Fena, She has become, she's been promoted, Miriam, to Fred's executive assistant, and she's just on hand. It's great to have an extra pair of hands when you have two babies under two, Fred just turned two, but I'm sometimes feeding one or one's going for a nap at the different time. And the thing is not everyone has that luxury and I could juggle with both. I mean, I do some days, but it's a little bit more stressful. Someone might be upset for a minute and that's, you know, maybe a good lesson for kids. I don't really know if we're doing the right thing by raising Fred like a sultan. But I'm getting back on tour. I'm starting to gig more. I've got this big gig at the Roundhouse this month and I can't let my career fall by the wayside. I'm not being fair to anyone. I'm not really being fair to my marriage, to my teenage daughter, to my small children, or to my job, or to myself, because I just feel shit. I've spoken about this before. It's like whatever I do, I'm letting someone down and I feel shit about that. And then I got talking to some people through, you know, all of the explorations I've been doing lately. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, like you're giving back to the economy if you can afford it by having an extra pair of hands in the house. And I think it's a really good idea to have a calm and peaceful caregiver in charge of the babies, whether that be yourself or someone else. Obviously, I don't believe in taking the piss. I'm not going to be going out for lunch with my girlfriends, getting my hair and nails done like i I'm breastfeeding, so I'm kind of chained to the house regardless. But it's time to stop burning the candle at both ends. Like, we can afford it. And I started thinking to myself, let's make sure everyone's fresh. Let's, instead of asking Miriam to come in on a weekend here and there, let's give Miriam like a little bit less and maybe have a young woman come stay with us on the weekends. Not to do 24 hour care of the babies at all. Like, we look after them in the night. And yes, they're still up several times in the night. But let's have a young woman or a young Manny come and stay with us maybe Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon because I feel like with these late nights of gigging that are upon us, what I really need is just one lion. And it won't happen straight away. I would get up at five like I do every day in the morning and I would sort out Fena and do the breakfast and stuff for a few weeks until Fred and Fena got used to this new person. And then maybe she could just go to bed in our spare room on a Saturday, wake up fresh on Sunday, and just take the kids for me for like a few hours until noon. And then wouldn't that be lovely to be able to take Violet out to brunch or maybe lay in bed and have a coffee with Bobby or just sleep in if I'd had a gig the night before. And I don't really, I mean, look, I do think it's kind of selfish, but I don't think that it's unreasonable. And so I started looking for these nannies and look, man alive. I have found that in the market of London nannying, you have to be all in or all out. Like either you hire Rhoda Care, like 24-hour care, maternity nurses, someone who's working 50 hours a week because that's what these girls want, or you get kind of an actress who doesn't really want to look after your kids on the weekend but will sort of begrudgingly because she needs the money. I'm just not, you know, we've had some good candidates through, I won't lie. I've looked at a few CVs and I've been really impressed. But just when you think about your very precious small, small children, I don't really want to pull the trigger on it unless it is the perfect candidate. And I just think that most of the candidates I've had, lovely girls as they are, they have other priorities that aren't my children. I kind of want someone whose dream is to look after kids who loves them. And there is a really famous nanny organization called Norland Nannies. And these are like the cream of the crop, like the British nannies. Some of them earn like six figures a year. They travel abroad. They basically raise people's children. And they are people who want to do this. Like it's their... It's a career. It's not a job. Do you know what I mean? I always think it's wonderful if you can be doing your dream. And those are the people who are going to be the most effective. And those are the people who are going to be happiest. So I rang Norlin Nanny's direct today. And I was like, hey, do you have a recently graduated student or someone who just is looking for weekends, wants to live with the family, but get loads of her own time off at nights and just maybe every once in a while, if we go out, help me out in the mornings, like take one morning a week. And um, the first person that I spoke to was really cool. She dealt with the new students. and She said, you know, the placement is full-time. You need a full-time person. And I thought, okay, I understand that. And she said, well, maybe there might be a student who goes back home on the weekends who might be interested. I could advertise for you, but it's unlikely. And I said, okay. She said, let me transfer you to like the full graduated nanny agency person. So I spoke to the next lady who was... Like Mary Poppins, you know, she was great. You could tell that she knew her business. But again, she said, I'll be honest with you, you will struggle to find a candidate who just wants to work kind of 24 hours on the weekend. And by 24 hours, once again, I don't want her to work overnight. I want her to sleep in the spare room and have her own time. I want to look after my own babies, maybe a few extra hours if I go out. I didn't think that was so unreasonable. And apparently it is. And I'm just not going to find it. And so I, my choice is kind of get an, an actress or a model or someone who is studying who doesn't really want to be a nanny, but wants extra hours and extra money on the weekend. Well, that's not ideal for us because I even had one lovely candidate say, you know, I just want work that doesn't feel like work. And I was like, Ooh, I get what you're saying. And I know you don't mean it the wrong way. You love kids. That's cool. But what you want is to look after Violet when she was six, because that was like, spending the day with a best friend. Violet, when she was six, is like Violet today. A grown woman who was funny, who was easy, who could make her own food, who was just like a blast to be around. Whereas Fred and Fena, definitely, no offense to the babies, they do feel like work. It is like a juggling act where they have many needs, many immediate needs, and it's tough. And I'm not going to false advertise the position and be like, oh yeah, it's work that doesn't feel like work. No, it definitely feels like work. So, you know, very wonderful, rewarding work. But my option now, I guess, is to do what a lot of celebrity moms do, and they don't show you. Some of them are honest about it. Most of them are not. They have two nannies working full-time back-to-back. So they'll do like four 12-hour days in a row. Some of them even have maternity nurses overnight. And then they'll have someone else pick up the next four 12-hour days in a row, and they do like, three days, four days, four days, three days, you know, they, they hand it off that way. And that's a really good idea. Then someone is always fresh, but I have enough trouble having like one full-time nanny working sort of six to eight hours a day. I can't do it. And, but those are my options. And in this country, like it just seems to be a very cultural thing. It's like the people who can afford to do it, have someone else raise their kids. And I, my hat, I take my hat off to the ones who can do it guilt-free and especially the ones who are honest about it, not the ones who take the videos and photos that their nannies post or take, you know, because the nanny during the day has to send you photos and videos of your kids so you can see what they're doing. I know so many celebrity moms who take those videos and post them on Instagram as though they were there. And I'll be like, you were not there because you were with me at an event. I saw you getting your hair done. And I just think that is what creates a lot of this mom shame for people who don't have choice, who have to put their babies in daycare, they have to go back to work, and maybe they're not doing a career that they love. So just I feel torn at the minute. I don't really know what to do. I thought it would be easy to find someone who wants to come live in the Ryan Kutstra household. I mean, that is a TV show in and of itself. Welcome, baby. And I also kind of, what I love about Miriam, Miriam's perfect. My new religion is Miriam. My favorite color is Miriam. I love Miriam. My mother tongue my first language is Miriam, but um, she's changed our lives. However, she, she's not like in our business. She kind of gets on with it. She's very independent. She doesn't ask a lot of questions. And if you fancy a chat every once in a while, if she also fancies a chat, she's good chat. I had one disastrous nanny. It was a a wonderful person, but just a such a bad fit for our family. We gave her a try just before we met Miriam and she just a wonderful woman, but it it was loads of constant small talk all day long and i couldn't even get anything done because i was like managing conversations with this woman who asked me like every question under the sun not just because she was starting i mean like this just personal stuff about her life my life what i thought about this that the other thing and i was like hun i just had a baby and i'm pregnant and i can't i can't do this right now i got a podcast to record so I'm excited about this new show with expectation. I'm so excited to learn about more shapes of families. I love learning about how everyone else is doing it, especially when they're thinking outside the box. So, you know, I hope that you watch it when it comes out. I don't know when it's gonna come out, but we're gonna get the best of the best for you. We're gonna get to the bottom of all kinds of different parenting styles. And, um, you know, there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. It's just whatever works for you. Let's see what Joanne found us from the emails this week. People have been great at responding, really helping other listeners out. And I appreciate that so much. Here we go. Catherine, every week we get late responses for podcasts where you've already circled back to the topic the week after, yet not a single message from the lesbian or bi community concerning the gym crush from last week. This definitely proves that they are your most ardent listeners and are keeping on top of the weekly cast. Joanne, don't ever abbreviate the word podcast again or you will be fired. I found it interesting that you were flooded with messages and then precisely zero after the following episode went live. So thanks to the gay community for being punctual listening to this podcast. There were many responses from different NHS workers and midwives, paramedics pleading with the writer from the week before to report the mentor having a sexual relationship with the mentee. The government's mishandling of the NHS has given them so much hardship in terms of admin and organization. The last thing they want is their integrity going down with it. Here's one such letter. Catherine, I'm a midwife and whilst doing my training, I had a student friend in my cohort who was only 21 when she started. It turned out that she had been having a sexual relationship with one of our obstetric consultants. He was married with teenage kids. There are other layers and it got messy and made national news at the time and the doctor was struck off for the nature of his actions. Admitting three counts of voyeurism and using actual spy software in his glasses to film and take pictures of his young student midwife without her knowledge or consent. What is so disgusting is his actual job was working with women in their most vulnerable time, pregnancy and giving birth. He abused his position of power and threatened a young girl who did not have the life experience that he did. As a midwife now in a senior role, I do know that the mentor who's paid a student for sex work needs to be held accountable for his abuse of power. We have a nursing and midwifery council, NMC, who uphold us to a code of conduct. We have professional standards and we must act in the best interests of those around us all the time. We are compelled to be honest and trustworthy and are meant to work within the values of our code. We can be brought in front of a fitness for practice panel for behavior like this as it breaks trust and completely diminishes professional duty of candor. I do not believe he should be around students. And this situation needs a further investigation. The listener who wrote in to say he or she feels like they should report it, in my opinion, is correct. And that was the general consensus. And I was torn because I was like, you didn't hear it from the horse's mouth. It's a rumor as far as you're concerned. But yes, I suppose you can raise it with, you know, the higher ups and just be like, I can't substantiate this rumor but it's going around and everyone's talking about it and i think it's wrong enough to bring it to you so i stand corrected on that thank you for the professionals and yeah like i think there is an added layer of creepiness when you're someone who deals with women at their most vulnerable and babies oh a few people were mad that i said canada (laughs) might be communist Catherine, I'm a longtime fan of your podcast and you, but I was a little irked when you claimed that New Zealand and Canada were almost communist. Not to be the woke police, I just think it's a potentially damaging and misleading statement to make, because while there are perhaps elements of these countries that may fall into the category of socially democratic, they are definitely still capitalist countries. I know you've said in the past that you believe in fully socialized education and healthcare, with which I wholeheartedly agree. The C word carries a stigma for a lot of Westerners. And given world history of the last century, I think this is justified. Even though this perhaps was a joke that was made in passing, it's easy for misinformation to be spread this way. No hate. I just think it's important for people to be aware. All right. I am not under the disillusion that the delusion that Canada is actually communist country. I just feel that I agree with some critics who notice just like small elements of dangerous communist behavior, like when Justin Trudeau praised the Chinese government and how that works. And then when the whole truckers convoy happened, instead of dealing with those protests in a, in a way that you would imagine a country like Canada would, they like closed bank accounts and did a lot of stuff that is not socially democratic, I believe. And the snitchery of COVID. it, it You know, there's, there's one thing to follow the rules and to look out for people's safety. But when you turn your back on your friends, your neighbors, your own family to like snitch to the government, I just think those are like red flags, beige at the very least. So I hope I didn't offend you. You know, I'm very proud to be Canadian, but the, the world looks at Canada now and thinks it's changed. I'm just telling you that as someone from the out site. One uh, final email responding to last week's podcast. Catherine, we are ahead of AI for now. Well, yeah, but for how long? Last week I spoke about the rise of AI and the Hollywood strikes and what it means and what AI is actually going to be able to do soon. None of us really know, but I suppose we can imagine. Catherine, I wanted to get in touch with some info on AI in relation to writers. I'm a student studying film and television with aspirations of becoming a writer. Last semester, the ethics of AI use was brought up and lecturers thought it best to break down a few misconceptions. AI in its current form cannot create content without a reference point as it isn't sentient. So it cannot generate a story without an infringement on copyright laws, just like we're seeing with AI generating images. There's also some concern with the use of AI as references aren't without prejudice and AI um, all it can do is reference ai isn 't able to filter what it reads, so content can have hints of racism, sexism, homophobia, etc, which is why for the moment writers won 't be replaced also. <laughs> Um, It's also why universities discourage the use of AI for assignments as its content presents you with an established ideology rather than make you think of one, obviously. A few years ago, Microsoft created a Twitter account for their AI. The premise was that it would learn how to converse through tweeters that it would interact with. A cool idea, but the reality was much more sinister with Microsoft having to shut down the account less than 24 hours after it went live because it was generating hate speech. Uh, Like a little toddler in a racist household. As revolutionary as people try and make it sound, AI is not at a level yet where it can replace us. And I hope for the sake of the 60K debt I'll have at the end of my course that I'm right. I know it can't replace us right now. I know, but don't you think it's going to work out these kinks? I'm like super anti-AI. I don't I don't upload my pics to any of this shit. I'm not in the business of like teaching AI how to be more like me. I take a... Firm stance against it. Don't use any of those apps. Like, all these fun, like, see what you would look like if you were old. Like, I'm not even downloading them. I'm terrified of them. But maybe that's just me, a boomer. Today, I received a text message from my baby sister, Carrie, saying, Catherine, what is happening with Lizzo? Of course, she's come to the right place. I've seen Lizzo live. Lizzo, as you know, is a very talented, multi award winning performer. She is big. She is black. She is beautiful. She is apparently all about body positivity, self-love. I went to see her live with my daughter Violet in 2019 and it was amazing. It was such an empowering show. She had five, I think, dancers at the time, all different shapes and sizes. And she really silences people who say that you can't be bigger and healthy because she's playing the flute, singing, dancing, running up and down that stage. She's very clearly in great health and she preaches about you know loving yourself and being empowered no matter what you look like so it is very jarring to read today that she is being sued by three of her dancers when i saw her she only had five dancers so she's being sued by like 66% of her dancers. I don't know. I can't do math that quickly. But uh, among the claims in the suit is an incident in which the uh, singer allegedly pressured one dancer to touch a nude performer at an Amsterdam club. Another claim asserts the dance group was subjugated to an excruciating audition after Lizzo allegedly leveled false accusations that the dancers were drinking on the job. A third allegation, maybe the most unexpected from Lizzo. They say that she berated another dancer over her weight and then fired them that dancer after a meeting related to a health condition. Another claim, um, says that she proselytized to her dancers while deriding those who engaged in premarital sex while simultaneously harrying lewd sexual fantasies, simulating oral sex and publicly discussing the virginity of one of the plaintiffs. Am I such a boomer that I don't even know what these like young woke terms mean. Proselytized. Let's look that up. How can you sue someone how do these dancers know such big words like that proselytized proselytized solitized okay um convert or attempt to convert someone from one religion belief or opinion to another what okay well She's been accused of sexual harassment, a hostile work environment, as well as accusations of religious harassment, racial harassment, interference with prospective economic advantage, and even false imprisonment. So this is the one that I had to look up. I was like, "False imprisonment? What are you talking about?" She just, according to these dancers, is overall not a very nice boss. And there was a meeting that I think one of the dancers had a hearing uh, dif- disability, or she had, you know, I'm. This is all alleged, by the way. I don't want to get sued by Lizzo, but she had something that meant that she needed to record a meeting so that she could watch it back later and properly learn what was said in the meeting. It was something about dance or something about the performance, obviously. So she recorded it and she alleges, or they allege that Lizzo flipped out and wouldn't let her leave without deleting videos on her phone. And some security person was going through this dancer's phone and that equates to false imprisonment. I I feel like, If one dancer is making these claims, all right, it could be bullshit, but if three dancers are alleging like quite serious accusations and claims, then like what the heck is going on with Lizzo? I have not heard, and I do usually hear rumors when someone's an asshole, but maybe rumors, but maybe Lizzo is too famous for me to hear anything about her. Like maybe she isn't the kindest boss. I don't know, maybe. She is like Ellen, where, you know, Ellen became beloved. And people at home were like, Ellen, oh my God, she's a great person. She's always doing charity on her show and she's so funny. And then behind closed doors, it was alleged that Ellen actually had a very toxic work environment. I think sometimes that you get to a level of stardom and fame, and there are so many expectations hoisted upon you that, like, I don't know, some people forget. How to treat people, not everyone, and I'm not excusing it, but it seems to be a pattern. The other thing I'm thinking here, and I don't want to victim blame, but when you are wokest of the woke and you're body positive and you hire the wokest of the woke, maybe like you just can't win, like maybe they're so woke you've done like such a good job of hiring diverse body positive like differently abled neurodiverse people that like, they're so woke that something that you do is wrong in their eyes. Like, I can't wait to see how this turns out because I really like Lizzo. And, um, okay. So the suit claims that Lizzo told the dancer, she seemed less committed to her dance role, which this dancer took to be a thinly veiled reference to her weight. Well, that feels like a leap to me. Um, this is one of the three dancers that brought the suit. So another dancer claims, um, that Lizzo took the dance group to Amsterdam. And while they were there, they went to a strip club after parties like that were routine and non-mandatory according to the suit. But those who went to the strip clubs and the like were favored by the singer and had greater job security. Will that make sense. In a creative industry like that or in any industry really like even bankers take clients golfing and to strip clubs like you do need to schmooze and it is sort of accepted that you'll like spend friendship time with your boss if you want to cozy up to your boss especially in a competitive industry and so that's true in any industry if you're the one that's like no i'm going back to my room then all of a sudden like friendships are made without you and you get edged out so allegedly on that night lizzo crossed a line This is in the filing claimed Lizzo began inviting cast members to take turns touching the nude performers, catching dildos launched from the performers vaginas and eating bananas protruding from the performers vagina. Lizzo then turned her attention to this dancer and began pressuring the dancer to touch the breasts of one of the nude women. After the dancer declined, allegedly Lizzo allegedly started a chant goading her to do so. She then declined three more times while the chant grew louder and more strident and she was very uncomfortable. Following that event, Lizzo then supposedly asked a member of her security team to get on stage and started yelling, take it off, take it off, take it off. I mean, if you're going to behave like that, you have to be more than sure that you have the consent of everyone and like everyone thinks it's funny and everyone's on the same page. Plaintiffs were aghast with how little regard Lizzo showed for the body autonomy of her employees and those around her, especially in the presence of many people whom she employed. I think, too, like, in a creative industry, especially when sex is very much, like, sexuality anyway, and outfits, like, thongs and stuff, like, you you just feel like everyone's free. Like, dancers are more, you know what I mean? Like, they're not... They're not like cashiers at Morrison's going out and do this. You know, they talk about love and sex and freedom and maybe, you know, Madonna used to do this with her dancers. I've seen documentaries where they would go to strip clubs and they would do it. And Lady Gaga goes to strip clubs, I'm sure, with her dancers. I've read that. It's just so tricky. Like, I mean, I don't think it is tricky. I feel like I would be able to tell if somebody wasn't on the same page, but I've never taken colleagues to a strip club and asked them to eat a banana out of a performer's vagina. I've never done that. I can't say that I've done it. Just hey, Miriam, we're going, you see like that performer has got a Clementine and their asshole. I just can't see it happening at a staff party. What Lizzo failed to mention when inviting the dancers to this performance, oh, they went to another thing. So they had an event where they were supposed to all go together. And this one was mandatory, uh, allegedly, to learn something or be inspired by a performance there. But it was a burlesque performance at a nude cabaret bar. And they feel like they should have known that. And by not telling them, she robbed them of the choice whether or not to participate. They also accused Lizzo's touring company employees of lashing out with comments charged with racial and fat phobic animus during the tour. For example, after the dancers asked to be compensated at 50% of their rate for their downtime days, an accountant for the company allegedly shot back with a 25% offer and scolded them for being unacceptable and disrespectful. Only the dance cast comprised of full-figured women of color were ever spoken to in this manner. But were there people who were not full or figured women of color? Were there white people in the company at all? I get it. I get where black women are coming from with this and they're not wrong to speak up about it. If it is, you know, I am not trying to get sued by Lizzo today. All of this is alleged. According to the plaintiffs, um, someone who served as a judge on Lizzo's Amazon show, in addition to being the dance captain, is a very vocal Christian who took every opportunity to proselytize, this is this word I didn't understand, convert them to a different religion, uh, to any and all in her presence, regardless of protestations. Upon discovering that one of the dancers was a virgin, this dance captain allegedly discussed the subject in interviews and posted about it on social media. Then when uh, this dancer pushed back against the proletizing, whatever that, I can't learn that word, proselytizing, as a non-believer, the dance captain supposedly shot back, no job, and no one will stop me from talking about the Lord. you got to respect that. In April and May of this year, two of the dancers were fired unfairly, the suit claims, One of them was let go days after she disagreed with an alleged claim made by Lizzo that the dancers had been drinking. Also that month, Lizzo allegedly informed all the dancers that they would suddenly and abruptly have to re-audition for their spots. I don't know how normal that is in dance though. I feel like it is. So the dance company put together an excruciating 12 hour rehearsal. During that ordeal, a dancer allegedly became so fearful that she'd lose her job if even she went to the bathroom. So she, quote, soiled her pants in fear. Then the touring company allegedly gave her a see-through outfit with no underwear to finish the performance per allegations. I mean, these dancers work hard. I have never in my life wanted a job so bad that I was willing to shit my pants in the audition. I have nothing but respect for these dancers. I feel like give them whatever they want. Does one of them want to be a weekend nanny for me? Because there are no racial slurs, body shaming, nothing of that going on in this house. I pay everyone fairly I'll never shout at anyone I will not I, no one shits their pants in this house oh my god I forgot to tell you Fenna's potty trained she still pees like wherever but we haven't had a single poo not in the potty in weeks and she's the youngest to um to do it Violet I forget actually Violet was 10 months for everything Fred was 8 months for poos and Fenna 7 months so there you go so work for me I will never make you shit your pants on the job ever and I don't mean to diminish you know the trauma alleged by these dancers, but geez. Oh, okay, so the one who recorded the meeting has an eye condition that sometimes left her disoriented in stressful situations, so that's why she wanted to record it. But when Lizzo caught wind of the meeting having been recorded, she allegedly flipped out. The suit asserts the singer instructed her security team to confiscate all of the dancers' phones. Quote, Lizzo became furious, hurling expletives at the group and stated that she was going to go around the room person by person until someone told Lizzo who made the recording. When the dancer admitted to having made the recording, she told Lizzo she just wanted a copy of the performance notes to improve herself. But Lizzo allegedly responded, there is nothing you can say to make me believe you. They then took turns allegedly berating the dancer. After castigating the dancer, Lizzo fired her on the spot. She then claimed that she was held in the room during the confrontation and not allowed to leave as quickly as she wanted because Lizzo's security was busy searching her phone for the video. That allegation is significant because it is the standing for the false imprisonment claim. What's going on with Lizzo? Lizzo, this feels very toxic. This feels very bad. I very much hope that it's not true because I really love Lizzo. Everyone loves Lizzo. Is it possible to be so woke that like you reach a ceiling and then you turn bad and cancel yourself. What do you guys think? All of this Lizzo stuff. Have you heard any, anything about Lizzo having a toxic work environment? Do you believe it? Do you disbelieve it? What is going on here? Because it's going to break my heart if it's true. Cardi B, I can see that being true. She threw a microphone at someone's face in Vegas after the girl threw a drink on her. Cardi B makes no mistakes though. Like she makes no mystery of who she is. She calls herself, quote, and I'm not trying to offend any sex workers, strip a hoe. She's like, I'll fight you, I will fuck your man, I am a stripper hoe who is now a millionaire because people like my music, but I will fight you to the death. That is Cardi B's like headline. And so you throw a drink on Cardi B at a concert and you can watch the video if you haven't seen it, she will stop the performance, wind up, and smack you with her microphone. No surprises there. And no one sued her. People have been like, all right, fair enough, that's Cardi B. But I think Lizzo has elevated herself to a place of overall wokeness that like, you know, is it almost impossible to uphold? Are these allegations false? Let me know what you think. Telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Can I say, and I hate to, I, um, I'm actually very worried that Britney Spears is going to die. I'm watching her Instagram stories. And you know, if you're a Britney fan, and I'm sure if you listen to this podcast that you are, her stories are disturbing and her teeth are changing. And I heard rumors, and again, these could be totally unsubstantiated. So, I mean, it just it sort of fits the profile. I heard that when she was younger, that she was taking methamphetamines. I don't know that for sure to be true, but I definitely heard it. And I was reading the other day that her family are worried that she's taking methamphetamines. So it kind of matches up. Like, why would they say that now if it wasn't true then? Why, Why the word meth? And methamphetamines infamously ruin your teeth. If you take crystal meth, then your teeth basically get broken and they fall out. And I don't really know the mechanisms of why. Who needs to know why? The headline is, don't take meth. And I know that she has mental illness, but I think the posts seem to be getting more and more disturbing. And we very tragically lost Sinead O'Connor last week. And a lot of conversations started like, well, hang on, how come we're evil to these women while they are alive? And then we lose them and everyone goes, oh, you know, gone too soon, RIP. It's like, yes, but what were we doing when we knew that they were hurting and they were in really deep trouble and they were still here? And I think people, you know, Britney Spears' um, comments are turned off on her Instagram videos and I'm sure that's because people just again and again are like, what the fuck is this? Are you all right? What is going on? But, um, This conservatorship was not ideal. And perhaps it paved the way for a lot of the mental illness that she's navigating now. Like maybe it really made things worse. I don't know. I don't know what is going on, but it looks to me like as a mom, a red flag. Like I'm just so worried about it because I feel like if I went to sleep when I was 15 years old and woke back up today and saw Britney Spears, I'd be like, I beg your pardon. Some people have a theory that she is AI and that the changed teeth prove it, that they have replaced Britney Spears with some sort of robot or hologram or like meat statue that dances. Uh, and I just worry about it. Like, who is close to Britney Spears? Who is looking out for Britney Spears? What can the fans do? I mean, nothing. She is entitled to her own life and I'm not at all suggesting that the conservatorship was a good thing, but just look at her latest video from today. I think it was posted like about 10 hours ago. She is changing like her face, her eyes. I just can't ignore it at all. I think there's got to be like someone who she knows like about what is her husband doing about this? Does anyone know her husband? Is he an okay guy? He seems to be the best of the worst. I just would hate. And I just felt it today. I mean, it's not like a, it's not this epiphany like, oh, you know, Britney Spears might not be well. Like, we all know that. But when I saw that video today, there's like an extra gap in a tooth that I know wasn't there two weeks ago. And I'm like, am I going to wake up to this horrific, like Amy Winehouse style news? And this is, these are the words her family are using. I just like, I just worry so much about it. Is it my business? Absolutely not. But I care. And it just feels like a piece of, it's like a, such a poignant Marilyn Monroe story. Like what, what happened to Britney Spears? I know she has a book coming out and I don't know who wrote it, but I just want to know like, what, how can I like when she be crying at the side of the rose in all those paparazzi videos back when, you know, we were like 20, if you're my age. Um, I wanted to be in LA. I wanted to like pull up in my car and be like, Brittany, get in. Like, I am not someone who wants to exploit you and like ride you around with Lindsay Lohan drinking vodka Red Bulls and getting papped with no underpants on. Like I, I wanna help. <laughs> I have a rescue syndrome and it just won't die. But God bless her. Like, I'm just putting vibes out into the universe. And can we all do the same? Like, please, Lord, hold. And I don't want to offend any of Lizzo's dancers by talking about the Lord. But please, can we hold Britney Spears in our thoughts and be like, just heal her. I just want her to be happy. Because she made me so happy all of my life when I was young. And she's so special and so important. And so is everyone who's navigating you know, drug dependency issues, allegedly, or mental illness of God. But it's just... It's someone so significant in our lives, just watching her change like that, watching her eyes kind of disappear. It's like, where are you? What happened? Let's take a break now and hear some words from our sponsors. And when we return, I will open the emails and see what your dilemmas hold this week. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Oh my God. Catherine, I went to get screened for HPV after your podcast, and I was positive. I wanted to reach out and say thank you so much for talking about HPV. I had my first smear test, and it came back positive with some abnormal cells, and today I had the colposcopy. It was fine, a bit uncomfortable, but the nurses were amazing. Shout out NHS Whittington, and luckily I didn't need a biopsy, so it could have been worse. Originally, I felt so ashamed and embarrassed, but I remembered you mentioning it before, and honestly, it made me feel so much better to know I wasn't alone, and that someone I look up to and admire so much also has HPV. Yes, I do. I know 80% of people have it, but it really helped to put me at ease when my brain was spiraling and telling me I'd probably be dying of cancer in six months. Thanks for talking about it and reminding us not to be ashamed. The nurse phrased it as loads of people do have it. It just depends on how your body deals with it, which I also found to be really helpful. And I thought your listeners might too. So I went to the Portland for my colposcopy, and I spoke to a new doctor there who I hadn't had before. And she went through my history and she said, okay, your last smear with us was this time. uh, I think it was 2021. And then I went and had a GP smear after that because I was invited. Long story short, I was HPV positive and then negative. And she said to me, well, once your body's cleared that form of HPV, you're not going to really get it again unless you have an immune compromised thing like chemotherapy or or something. You're very unlikely to get that again. Your body has cleared HPV. And I said, yeah, but I had a friend recently who had a radical hysterectomy. And like, I just don't know. I've had two babies. I just want to get a smear again or a colposcopy. And she said, why don't we just do a smear? I said, no, let's do a colposcopy. She's like, okay yeah, fine. So we did that. And she said, I had a beautiful cervix. That's no surprise to me. She's not the first person to notice. And, um, she's like, no, nothing looks weird on this. And I'm sure it's all going to come back normal. And that was 800 pounds. Like I told you a private colposcopy at the Portland is just full transparency. That's how much it costs, which is wild. But I wasn't even allowed to get a smear on the NHS because it hadn't been three years. So I feel like I had no choice and I can afford it. So I had to prioritize my health. And then if you circle back a few podcasts, there is a company called Day, D-A-Y-E, and you can do at-home HPV tests. It's very affordable, so I was really excited to know that. But yeah, this is the thing about HPV, is that your body will most likely just burn through it, but it's really important with some types of HPV for ch- to check for cervical changes or cervical changes, as you call it, in this country. But I'm sure that your immune system will just deal with it, unless you are a smoker. It's really important not to smoke because that makes it a lot harder to clear HPV. So there's so many reasons why you should never smoke, but think of HPV as one of them. And if you've never tested positive, I mean, maybe you did pick it up at some stage and your immune system was robust enough to clear it. As far as I know now, like if I'd never got that smear in between, I wouldn't know that I ever did have HPV because like I'm just negative all the time now, which is great. Catherine, I went through my friend's phone and now I'm concerned about her awful boyfriend. Why did you go through your friend's phone? Let's find out. Am I the asshole for scrolling through my friend's messages between her and her toxic boyfriend while she was passed out drunk? Maybe. A couple of days ago, I got back from Ibiza with a group of girlfriends from school. Context, we're 21. I was sharing my room with one of the girls. During a pre-drinking game, she revealed to us that she recently had a termination. Mom and boyfriend were very against her decision, and she had kept this from them until after she'd gone through the procedure. Good for her. Like, that's exactly what you do, by the way. Maybe that's controversial, but if that's, it's your body, and if that's what you truly believe, then definitely don't tell anyone else what you're doing with your body until you've already done it. I hope that's not too controversial, but like if you were my best friend, that's what I'd be telling you on the low. Because listen to this, at Easter in my family, we had like an egg hunt and sometimes we wouldn't find all the eggs because my mom would hide a lot of eggs. And then I remember every once in a while, I'd be sat watching TV or like playing a board game or doing Barbies or something with my sisters and I would spy an egg on some shelving or behind a photo frame that hadn't been found during the original Easter hunt. And would I say to everyone in the room, oh, there's an egg over there. No, I would keep that shit to myself until the girls were out of the room and then I would get that chocolate egg and eat it myself. Why? My eggs, my business. Okay. Her mom and boyfriend were against the decision fine. She told us that they had been arguing a lot before they came away and she wasn't sure if she and her boyfriend would stay together. Later that day, we went to a beach club and I noticed she was completely out of it. Worried she'd be kicked out, I took her back to the hotel. She frantically asked me to keep her boyfriend updated on her phone, handing it to me. While she was passed out in her bed, I texted this boyfriend to tell him she was okay, which he thanked me for. However, I couldn't help but notice a worrying exchange of messages above. He had begged her to never go on a girl's holiday again, to which she promised not to. In a drunken state, I decided to scroll through their messages. One sent from her asked him not to harm himself while she was away. Another asking him, how suicidal do you feel right now? To which he replied, seven. He was also begging her to send sexual pics and videos. What's the best course of action to take? I haven't told her I've seen these messages because I didn't want to ruin the holiday. If I tell her, she'll use the anger from me reading these messages to blame it on me rather than realizing the situation she's in. I feel that if I sit back and do nothing, though, this could escalate further and she doesn't have anyone else to turn to. All right, you can't tell her that you went through her phone. You can't. Because you are her best friend or one of her best enough friends to go on holiday with you might not be her best friend if she knows you went through her phone. And she needs a trusted ally if she's in a toxic or dangerous situation. The golden rule with your female or male friends and their partners is just like, don't say anything that you can't take back if they stay together or that makes you someone they hide information from. You know, you always want to be just open and largely impartial. And then like, ask questions. Every once in a while, be like, Oh, like, what does it make you feel when he treats you like that? Or, oh, I don't know if I could be in a relationship where da-da-da. You know what I mean? Like, you you just have to, because I've made the mistake of weighing in and being like, I think this is toxic and you should leave him. And then they sort of feel embarrassed sometimes and they won't tell you about problems that they're having because they just don't want to hear the judgment. Or they um they just stay with him regardless of whatever you've told them. And then you're the asshole. Like he ends up hating you. I have one friend who told her boyfriend, the bad thing I was, her husband told him the bad thing I said about him. And now this husband hates me. And I know she doesn't come to me with as much information as she used to. And I can't even go over there because this husband like hates me now, but I, I don't know. I said what I said and that's who I am, but I kind of regret it. I should have remained impartial and just listened. So, at twenty one, people are gonna have big explosive feelings, and they're gonna ask for sex pictures sometimes. they're gonna, oh, I feel a seven of suicidal. like everything's very dramatic when your brain is still growing. And you know, it doesn't make it right. And I'm sorry to hear it, But I think that I would just encourage my friend to keep things a little bit casual if she can, and to always be a safe place to land for her and just to always listen my main advice though, is definitely don't tell her you went through these text messages. Just don't, don't, it's not worth it. And I know why you did it now. Like you kind of didn't mean to, you were texting him anyway, you were in there, but you can't be going through your friend's phone. You just have to be a nice listening ear and, um, guide her in the direction of empowerment and keeping herself safe. I think, do you disagree? Like, I feel like I was a bit wishy-washy on that one. If you disagree, if you, have a different opinion email the podcast telling everybody everything at gmail.com next letter i can't seem to get away from my colleague who has admitted to having feelings for me Catherine, i met this girl through work two years ago i'm assuming now that you are also a girl and this is a lesbian relationship We became really close right away because we like a lot of the same things. We have the same job and the same goals. About a year ago, she told me she had developed feelings for me. This was a problem for a myriad of reasons. I have a boyfriend of 10 years with whom I've lived for four. She and I work really closely together a lot, so it makes things messy. Initially, I was super chill about it. I told her I didn't feel the same way, but I appreciated her honesty. I obviously told my boyfriend who was super understanding with the side of what the fuck? I asked her for a bit of distance while acknowledging that we still have to work together. Anyway, things started to get really fucked up in the last six months. I tried to keep things strictly work-related, but she would find a way to chat about everything I was doing on Instagram, Be Real, or even songs I'd been listening to on Spotify. She'd signed up to the CDP, CPD courses and professional networks I'd signed up to. She even bought tickets for concerts I was attending. She befriended all my old work friends, and I mean all of them across different workplaces in different cities. She meets up all the time with them, created group chats with them, and has just generally embedded herself in every aspect of my professional life. It feels impossible to escape her without cutting off all my networks. I really don't know what to do her presence in my life causes me anxiety every time i get a message from her i'm filled with dread oh that's not a good feeling oh no dread i don't want any of my listeners to ever be filled with dread cheetos vodka a nice warm penis sure but dread no uh unless you're a lesbian shout out to the lesbians no penis for you i really don't know what to do (laughs) My career and network of friends from work are so important to me, but I just feel like I can't keep dealing with her. I don't trust her and I need hard boundaries. I'm increasingly withdrawing from my friends because I don't want to be near her. And now I'm starting to feel really isolated and left out. Am I totally overthinking things? Is this normal behavior? What would you do in this situation? I don't think you're overthinking things. I'm worried now that you're like, am I crazy? Am I overthinking things? What's going on? It kind of sounds to me like you're being stalked to the point where this like Sort of like obtuse, blunt harassment is changing your behavior. That's what I worry about. You're withdrawing from social activities. That's what I'm worrying about. And shouldn't do anything really. Like sometimes we soften things because it's a woman. So let's rephrase this. Um, If there was a man at work who said, I have feelings for you, and you said, "Uh, Thanks for telling me I have a boyfriend, I need some distance, and this man, was reaching out to you, texting you, making friends with old workmates, talking about your Instagram, talking, you know, I think it's a real violation of boundaries bordering on harassment. That's what I think. And you and I, my big problem with it is that you are altering your normal behavior and you're withdrawing from social activities. That's a problem for me. Do you have an HR manager in the workplace? Because this is a really sensitive issue. Um, I think that you need to speak to someone at work and just go Hey, are you ready for this? God, being an HR person has become so much more complex. When I was at work, it was nothing. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I worked in an office. I don't really think anyone was getting felt up or harassed there. And if they were, they certainly didn't know that it was not allowed. HR person would just like hire and fire people, call it a day, have like 12 cups of tea and a smoke. That was HR. And now it's like navigating Lizzo's dancers and much more. Like a shout out to the HR people. I I would go to someone at work that I feel safe with, though, and I would say, "This is weird, but I want to be happy at work." Because some of this is bleeding outside of work. I would I would speak to her with a witness, because it originated at work. I would go into HR after speaking with HR, and I would say to her, "If you feel courageous enough to do so, and maybe this is the wrong advice, but I I mean, this is what I would do, and I would say, your." uh behavior is making me feel uncomfortable. I I'm not uh in a position to offer you the very intimate friendship. I understand that, you know, you're you heard me that I have a boyfriend and your feelings for me are not reciprocated and you're just trying to be friends. I get that. But I'm not ready for the intense friendship that you seem to want. I don't want to be contacted by you all the time. I don't want you talking to me about my private life, what I'm doing on Instagram, what I'm listening to on Spotify. And that intensity is making it so that I'm pulling away from my friends who are also your friends. I don't like it. That's what I would do. And then if it escalates, I mean, maybe your HR will have better advice, but I think that would be my first instance because you can't really tell her like you're not allowed to be friends with these people or those people. And then maybe if you make that really clear in front of a witness, she will pull back and then she might still be friends with your friends and you might still have to see her places, but hopefully she will have backed off a little bit because you've said it in front of someone else let us know how this turns out please and if you work in hr like let me know if i've given the right advice here because that that's all i can think of to do without going overboard and i know you want to be nice and you want to be polite please write me an email if you have any questions about your life your relationships, your love, your dilemmas. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. And that's all the time we have for today. So you listen to my previous shout out about the show. Get in touch with uh, Expectation directly if you want to be part of that, if you feel like it suits you. And um, if not, please watch out for the show. The World Cup is on. And if you're not into women's football, you will be if you watch my special, a uh, League of Their Own Lioness special starring Jill Scott alongside my very good friend Maisie Adam, a very talented comedian. It's um, available to stream on NOW and SKY, and it will get you revved up for the lionesses. England World Cup. They are playing so well, and I'm a converted football fan now. It's really funny. Everybody loves it. If you're going on holiday, please take my book with you on Kindle, or you can listen to it, or you can read it as paperback, hardback. It's called The Audacity. I have a show at The Roundhouse, which is sold out, but you never know. There might be returns on the door, and I hope to be getting on stage near you a lot more soon. We'll see. We'll see if I can resign myself to childcare and find a little weekend help as well. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you